That means we're in, doesn't it? Does that does that that's the sign? Yeah. I know this from being a musician, folks. I got my my timer click. So I'm trying to stay on the BPM here of this. At the top of the episode, Peter, and we just we don't usually even start this fast, the recording process. Usually we have like a little wait in time. And I'll be yeah. honest, I have something in the car for you. So maybe it'll be a post. We'll see how things okay. go. Um we don't have a lot of time usually because of me just ranting out here and just getting filth out of my brain to sort of say things like, hey, if you have questions, if you have things, and if you want to sponsor the podcast, which kudos to everybody out there. Uh, we've got a lot of lo- new listeners in the past couple weeks, a lot of people checking out what we're doing. And I don't, sometimes I'm like, I'll see the listens go up on a certain episode and I go, I think it's because Peter changed the episode title to something so witty that random people are coming in on this, but really I'm sure it's just like word of mouth is spreading that we're pretty fun to listen in with. And who else is going to have the stories we have, Peter? Nobody. And again, with that, sometimes we create the stories ourselves tonight. I'm giving a preview because I'm starting my weekend at Effie's with you, Peter. (laughs) You are. Things worked out to where I had an extra ticket to see Jesus Christ superstar tonight and we're going to go to the Fox Theater, and we're going to watch the 50th anniversary of Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh my God, I didn't know it was that It long. is. Well, and I was looking at this, and I was kind of laughing and thinking to myself, it's so funny that like when this play came out, I'm sure you're aware, like there was some church controversy towards it with the deeply uh, conservative side of the, of the Christian church, because there's some portrayals in Jesus Christ Superstar that aren't necessarily... Uh, I think it works for me. I like, you know, what a <laughs> tale. Uh, but we're a modern people. And back then, 50 years ago, they were going, oh, he's doing all this crazy stuff. And even the the Jewish people were offended at how, you know, the Jewish leaders were portrayed. There was a lot of controversy. And now you get to sort of have this like gold medallion, the 50th anniversary of shaking people's fucking boots. And it's good to see that like, as we do this, like, look, at look for 50 years, this play's been, that's an old classic play. But the fact that it pissed people off when it came out, that's beautiful. When we get to the golden 50 years of Effie and they wrap it up with a beautiful silver bow, uh, I hope that you'll realize that the fuck you spirit is still in there. And we have to talk about electric fantastic fuck you before I get into the weekend. Oh, shit. Because the translation uh, of a Japanese article that came out on the DDT Pro World website, which if you know me... DDT Pro is the best. They're the weirdest in wrestling. They're just the strangest birds in Japan. And they featured Effie, but the literal translation of Effie does not turn into E-F-F-Y if you do the Japanese to English Google Translate. It's E-F-F-I-E. People are like, is Effie, Effie. Is Effie fine? Effie. And so it also gives it a... A fim, a fim, uh, a language reading as well, but you know, obviously, if it means electric, fantastic, fuck you, and it's spelled wrong, that could be concerning because you still need to have the fuck you. But I think the Japanese people aren't ready yet for the fuck you, so they went with the other, which is electric, fantastic, fuck. It exists. <laughs> <laughs> so as they are learning about me from a distance and getting the full image in their Japanese smartphones, I hope that they will be ready for the in-person. Arrival. I don't have a date yet, but I'm letting you know. I'm going to come to Japan. I'm going to fuck shit up, and it will be EFFY because I'm bringing the fuck you with me in person. Someone said something to me the other day, Peter. They said it at the Winnipeg show uh, that we're going to discuss here. Easter weekend, we're talking about where I fought an undead Frankenstein from French Canada. 
So, uh, so Jesus is going to remain thematic through the rest of this? Oh, it, quite thematic. Has it not always been the theme? Is this not the main focal point? Is me trying to build my own story of Jesus? Is that not what we're doing here? I actually do think that's what we're doing. And I look over here at my lovely scribe, Peter. Oh, that's not fucking planned, is it? Oh, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Line me up. I said that to you years ago. I, I said we were in the parking lot, and I go, it's almost like I need scribes around me. And I thought you got it, and I said, right, Peter? And I don't think you put the like thing to it, but that's what I was hinting at. It was like, too convenient, Peter. Damn. You're more than a scribe. You're living your own story. You just got back from the vet. How was that? Before I jump into Canada. Uh, the dog puked in the back of my car. And this I'm is not your dog. This is our friend's dog. Yeah, I feel partial ownership. I mean, we all do. You know what? It takes a community to it raise does. these babies. <laughs> oh, uh, If you've seen the smallest of the pup gang that's been posted. The triple pup gang. Usually kind of the leader of the triple pup gang. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. And leader visually it might just male be. Male energy. Uh, yeah, because the girls, row. Lucy and Cranberry, they're sometimes they get a little snippy because they're sisters. But Bebop seems to keep that central, like, girls, you remember why we're here, don't you? Like, maybe he's the Charlie and Charlie's Angels. Bebop's Angels. Bebop's Angels. Remember the mission, girls. <laughs> okay, I went to Canada, Peter. That's how I celebrated Easter. And I told you about an interaction I had when I got back from Canada. Can Canadians are so polite. I can't. There's no framing of this interaction that makes it nicer, is there? No. Uh, well, you... I was in a mood. It was, it was just, you know, when you're like talking about something and you think that no one's related to like whatever the thing I is. I found a hyper related it was person. Like, it was like you were talking shit on, you know, like you're like a I'll set. Let me just set it up. Okay. I was mad they could not exchange my money at my bank because the guy was at lunch. There's one guy who can exchange currency here. He's always at lunch when I go to the bank. Have I changed the time I go to the bank? No, Peter. I've gone at the exact same time and wondered why he's at lunch. But the first time I went, uh, I proclaimed, uh, Canadian money sucks. And this woman behind me goes, oh, I'm from Canada. What part of Canada did you go to? I was like, well, and I corrected myself. I was like, no, it's I love a Canadian thing to be like, oh, yeah, oh, wait, oh. Canada's great. <laughs> Uh, I said, you know, I should, you know, I love a lot of Canada. The money thing, I should have just done it at the airport, even though it's more expensive because I'm driving around town, whatever. I love Canada. Uh, but I was in Winnipeg and it was fucking freezing like the tundra. So that was rough. And she's like, I'm from Winnipeg. And I'm like, of course I made this sound worse than it was. It was, I enjoyed the freezing tundra because like I've said many times, I'm the gay uncle. I'm giving that baby back. You take that winter baby with you. You keep that snow. Uh, when I got to the airport, they told us, we're not even there yet, but they did say Kevin Hart was there the night before, and oh. that he was flabbergasted at the amount of snow. Now, I was not flabbergasted, but I was um, mildly inconvenienced, because my fuck you also goes to the way I pack my clothes. I didn't pack much for this trip. Now, to start the trip, I was at Hartsfield, where I'm at a lot. That's where I start my commute to work, usually. And I was with Zicky Dice, because we were both on this show. So we were traveling together, which made it nice. And we got in the line for Air Canada. And Peter, I've traveled internationally a little bit, but not enough to be as casual at traveling internationally as I am. They recently just let up the rule, you don't even have to test to go into Canada. Now, you have to take a test to go out to prove you don't have COVID to come back to the U.S. But to get into Canada, they're like, we're not that worried. Oh, crazy. You don't have to have a test anymore. So all you have to have is your vaccine card and your passport. So I get in line, and this lady is in the line next to us, and it's the premier line. So they're going to get served first. She has a whole folder. 
a matching jumpsuit. Like she is so prepared for travel. Every document you could imagine in this folder, just flipping through it, making sure she's in order, boarding passes, vaccine cards, testing, information, where her hotel is, which shoe goes on the left foot. She has it all. And she gets pulled up before us. They start going through her folder. And I go up there and I go, hey, I'm an idiot. Uh, Here's the stuff I think I need. I don't know how to check in. Within two minutes, I had everything and was ready to leave. And getting to look over, because this woman knew we were not prepared to travel. And we were saying it in line like, bro, we're so not prepared to go to Canada. And she's like, well, I'm prepared. As we saunter away from the counter after they've handled everything within two minutes, She's still digging through this portfolio. And I'm going, baby, sometimes you don't need to be that prepared because they're prepared for you. Let the people whose job it is to be prepared for this thing, for every person who's not prepared, be prepared for you. Because I don't have to always be the prepared one. And I was not. And we rolled right through security. We got on that plane. It was fantastic. That ATL to Toronto, we have to do a connection. And I'm going to break a little kayfabe here in a second, but I won't do it yet. Because the Toronto airport we have to discuss for a minute because it's your first like it's your first taste of the Canadian uh, culture mm-hmm. and I'm obviously very Canadian cultured but going around and seeing the different snacks and the different foods and the different restaurants me and Zicky were having a time and we wanted to go somewhere that would keep us a little American but we could still spread our Canadian wings so we went to the a and w food <laughs> now why am I bringing this up there's their menu's different. Like they have like the mama burger and the papa burger and the granddad burger, grandpère, the grandpère. But they also have what they call the teen and the double teen, oh. which to go up to a counter and look another adult in the face and say, I'll have the double teen combo, it just felt very weird. Canada, everything else was fine. Y'all got to go talk to A&W. Y'all can't be naming a juicy cheeseburger a double teen and making me go up and say, I want a double teen combo. Like I already got through customs here, but it feels like I'm going to get pulled back in and asked a lot more questions when they're like, we saw you on the screen talking about you needed a combo of double teens. They set you up there. They also I mean, have- It's American... Like A and W is, um, oh yeah, it's an American chain, but they do their own. They do their own thing. It's like there. commentary on Americans and our porn preferences. I think it is. It's a weird thing. It's a strange thing to have to say, and maybe it's just the American in me that's going. This feels weird because we made it weird. We might have been the ones this that is, made it this weird. Is a Peter, psyop to make Americans uncomfortable. It is. Well, I was uncomfortable, but not uncomfortable enough to not order. A sweet potato poutine on the side. Oh my god! They use the sweet potato fries and they cover it in what is not the best gravy, but it tastes like the best gravy. You know, they've like they're like we tasted the best gravy and we found out it's this molecule and now it's this syrup we make it. Perfect gravy, curds, sweet potato fries. The whole thing is just magic. I ate. I just slammed that double teen back <laughs> just as quickly as I could, and we weren't done eating though. Because when I'm on the road and I get a taste for the sweets, Peter, that was a whole weird segment about the double teen burger. I'm going to apologize to everyone, but it I had to say it out loud, folks. I had to say it out loud. I went over to the Rocky Mountain it's Chocolate Factory. It's weirder if you don't. I'll take the, what's the, what's the, with two of them? You're like the double papa? And you're like, I don't need that much. And what's a little less than a papa? You're like, oh, you want a double teen? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do. All right, we're done. I ate a whole caramel apple that was... Let me clear my throat, Peter. I went to the Rocky Mountain Chocolate Company right after eating this whole meal with an apple pie, mind you, and a diet root beer because I'm watching my figure. 
I ate a whole caramel apple, Peter, that was flavored to taste like an apple pie. So it had the apple dipped in the caramel and then dipped in a white chocolate and then dipped in a like bits of of crumb, like a crumb bit thing. And they don't want you touching the apples, obviously. This is once again, let me be lazy. And I just go, that one. And she goes, okay, would you like it sliced? Like I was ready to sit at this airport and just start chomping through this big ass apple. Just like, I know it's inconvenient, but I don't care. I, my ego died long ago, Peter. I'll be the weird guy eating a freaking apple in the airport covered in juice. And they'll go, well, you got juice on your shirt. And I'll go, I don't care. I live here. This is what I do. But she said, would you like it sliced? And then disappeared and came back with a perfect eight apple slices on the stick still with the core. But it's like sliced perfectly. So you just reach in and it's very... Huh. It's very polite. I think a few years ago, I would have been like, no, I don't want to cut. I'm going to eat the apple. But now I'm like, please, ma'am, take the minute and cut this apple for me. What a convenience. I'm so happy to know you. Thank you for this treat. As I'm eating this treat, and we've got a pretty short delay, and customs didn't take time. We ate our burgers. They announce over the the speaker, hey, folks, uh, your flight to Winnipeg from Toronto, uh, we're looking at a little trouble here. But okay. And they're very polite, so polite that like if they were like, hey, folks, uh, you know, there's going to be an attack here in the next few minutes. You'd be like, I'm fine. It's OK. They're like, yeah, you know, uh, there's no visibility in Winnipeg. Uh, we can't see the ground. We're going to do our best. I heard a, fl- a flight may have just landed there. But if you're in the air and they decide they can't land, they're going to go ahead and send you to Saskatoon. And I go, Ziggy, Saskatoon, that's not close to Winnipeg, is it? He goes, I don't think so. We look it up. It's an additional two hours of flying past Winnipeg, just into the forests of Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. What were we going to do? Well, we started Googling, does Saskatchewan have weed? They do. I wasn't that worried after that. I was like, man, we might miss the show. There might be a blizzard, but like, what a Canadian tale. Went to Saskatoon, smoked a bunch of Yeti weed. I'm sure there's Yetis in Saskatoon, right? Like oh, that's yeah, not, that's I'm not making a reach way, here, no. am I? We did not end up in Saskatoon. We no landed yetis. in Winnipeg. And I have to say this. When you land and you're immediately like taken care of by everyone, holy magic. What a, what a time. Winnipeg Pro Wrestling had people on the ground. Now, this is where I break the kayfabe a little, okay? This is the only criticism I have of anybody involved with everything here. If I have to fight the undead French-Canadian Frankenstein, and we're both pretty large men, maybe don't have us sit next to each other on the flight from Toronto to Winnipeg, and maybe don't have me in the middle seat between the two largest men I've ever seen. One of them wasn't a wrestler, but he was just very large. Polite, played solitaire the whole time, very large. PCO, the freaking French-Canadian Frankenstein, also very large. I'm not small, Peter. I'm not a little guy. I can kind of make a little guy face and be a little guy, but I'm not a little guy. I'm in the middle of these two, and I'm like, holy moly. Um, the flight was fine, though, but I needed to stretch a little when we got there. We all kind of split ways. Zicky and myself decided we would room together, which was beautiful. And he said, hey, man, my friend's band is playing tonight. If we want to go, it's like a secret show. And I was like, sick, bro. Who's your friend's band? He's like, comeback kid, bro. I was like, bro, it's not like your friend like started a little band up here or whatever. Like they're from Winnipeg. They're a Winnipeg band starting their tour in Winnipeg with the freaking cancer bats who mind you. Oh my God. When I used to work for college radio, 
we had a technique, Priors and myself, and I can reveal the technique now, and I may have revealed it before, where if there's a cool tour you want to go see, you pretend you're interested in one of the lower bands on the tour, you interview them for the college radio, you play it on your 4 a.m. talk show, and you get free passes to the concert, and you hang out with all the dudes in bands, because you're like, we're press, it's cool, and they're like, what kind of press? You're like, don't ask questions, we have a letter. (laughs) So... I saw the Cancer Bats on a tour with Four Years Strong and Bring Me the Horizon in Atlanta at the Tabernacle long, long ago. I don't even remember when, but we interviewed Four Years Strong on that tour, and I remember thinking to myself, damn, these guys might smoke more than me. I don't think that's the case anymore. I think those guys maybe don't smoke anymore. Maybe they do. If you do, uh, me and Jennings go way back. Hit me up, Four Years Strong guys. Let's talk about it. They're like big now. Big. Big deal. Sick band. A lot of metal fests, a lot of Euro fests. They do it. They're big, big time. Uh, They played them on the radio or something. It's like a day to remember. I don't know. So the Cancer Bats, and known canonically as Cancer Bats, not the Cancer Bats, they're on this tour too. And I'm like, this is crazy, Zicky. Are we going tonight to the concert? He's like, yeah, well, the one tonight is small, but the one tonight is big. And people often who meet me are like, you're very... Um, you're a very, what do you, what do you call it? Uh, when you, when you're not, you're going to talk to everybody, not an introvert. What's the other one? Extrovert. Extrovert. They're like, you're such an extrovert. And I'm like, nah, it's like a combination of being an extrovert and being, uh, I've already done my assessments. But with me, Peter, the first time I do something, if I'm in a new environment, I want to assess. I don't know how long it takes me to assess, but I assess everything. I'm an informational science experiment. I was talking about this on Twitter earlier. Like most of me existing and getting higher in people's uh, conscious minds in America is just like me experimenting with data and seeing how it moves. It's a long story. Don't think about it, it make, too much. No, it makes total sense. Yeah, I love seeing the way data moves. And to see this article about me in Japan pop up, I was so pumped today. But either way, Data moves. What was I saying, Peter? There's something. Okay, I'm assessing. I'm assessing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I did not assess yet on this one. I'm assessing. Okay. So the first night, and Zicky's like, I mean, we've been awake all day, like just traveling nonstop, got to the hotel, went out to dinner, met everybody, did the thing. We're going to the concert that starts at 11 p.m., you know? So we're there, and I'm assessing, and it's the, the, Band is playing in the venue where they began, where they started. Oh wow! Like this is a real historic venue, the Royal Albert Hall, and I don't want to, I don't want to speak badly of any place, and I won't speak badly, but I will speak to its history. There was apparently a murder that happened in this venue upstairs, like within the last few years, and it was like crazy and it was like Damn. wild. But the the history of the Royal Albert, the Royal Albert Hall in Winnipeg. Manitoba, Canada, is storied and historic. And this this band started here. They're now a global phenomenon. Comeback Kid has gone through a lot of different sounds and styles and variations. And I'm getting to stand in Winnipeg, in the room they started watching this band be like, we started here. This is crazy. Timing is a wild son of a bitch sometimes, Peter. So that's the first of the Comeback Kid shows. And Zicky and myself, we're adults. We're responsible. We saw the show, said hey to the guys, went to bed. We had a big show for the next day. So we start the day, we're doing the thing, we've got to go get COVID tests, because to get back in the US, they're like, you can leave, but you can't come back. Got tested, we're clear, went back to the airport, where the testing began, and I was like, let me not be a piece of shit, and try to get my stuff together. 
So I went to the counter and I was like, hey, I used to be a piece of shit. I'm not anymore. I have everything you need. And they were like, we're not going to do anything with this right now. And I was like, what do you mean? I was like, can't you like check me in or get it set up? And they're like, I don't know. Like, we don't need it. And so I was like, damn, strikes again, dude who isn't prepared. Because I'm going to be back here in, I don't know, like 12 hours. And I'm going to need the same things I need now. And you won't do them. I'll be ready to go then. Got the test. We're good. PCO. Now, Peter, I go through this thing with almost every person I wrestle, which is like, oh no, I don't know, independent outlaw, is it going to get me in trouble, he says some scandal things, no, it never it never works poorly, but they never trust me to begin with, and so PC is a little hesitant, he may be an undead Frankenstein monster, but he's a little hesitant, and I said, listen, this is what we're going to do, pal, here's what we do, it's all we need. Space it with me. And I keep having to tell these guys who are like in their 50s. I'm like, take your time with me. All these young boys that are running, nobody sees what they're doing. Take your time with me. And so to be someone who is 20-something years their junior and going like, hey, Bubba, we can go slow. I don't have TV times. I don't have an agent. They kind of start to get a little casual with it. But you can tell we're main eventing a show. He's been here before. He's been around. And this is Winnipeg. Earlier, I didn't tell you what the guy in Winnipeg said to me about the FE experience. We got to cut back to it. I'm scatterbrained today, but I'm having a really fun time, folks. He said, I've been following FE for years, and seeing it in person is an even better experience. And that's what I always want FE to be. Like you, I was like, you hit the core of FE, which is, it's this inside joke, right? That like, if you're not in on the joke of FE, if you're not in with FE, if you don't understand FE, I know it can be grating and very showy and very too much sometimes. But then once you see it live and it clicks, it should be like, oh, my God, like, I think this is it. I think this is pro wrestling. And so for someone to come to me and be like, everything is so much better live. And I've been following you and been a fan for years. I was like, this is exactly what I've been striving for. This is incredible. It's like Lars Fredrickson from Rancid was saying about trusting my gut and polishing my stick because the sharpness will help. Either way, I loved hearing that from the fans. The match itself, though, there's a reason they call him the French-Canadian Frankenstein. This motherfucker will not stay down. I am beating his ass. He is beating my ass. He threw me on the stage, Peter, so far in the air and quickly that I landed on a trash can on top of the stage. The trash can didn't, like, crumple. Like, I'm used to a trash can crumpling. Yeah. But I was sent with such velocity. (laughs) Velocity. I was sent with such velocity through the air that this trash can just split, just split down the middle, and the bottom of it shot out like a cannon, like it could have hurt somebody's leg. Oh, my God. This thing collapsed, dude. I mean, I, I... did I survive versus PCO? Yeah, I did survive. I walked away from but it. you killed Oscar the Crouch. Oscar's totally dead, dude. Oscar is smushed out. Oscar is done. Uh, I broke my cardinal rule, though, which is Effie doesn't lose in 2022. I suffered my loss. Oh, I thought you broke like a cardinal something. Like it was no. some body part. I wasn't aware of some no. <laughs> My cardinal's broken, brother. <laughs> what, how, what broke it? Probably the divorce. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, but I lost, man. And it was like, yo, I'm coming in. I'm supposed to be tag team champion. I'm hot shot on the indies. I'm this, everybody's talking about Effie and I couldn't beat the French Canadian Frankenstein. And then, you know what I remembered about the French Canadian Frankenstein? He's been doing this since 1990 something and I'll have another chance to win. 
we always have another chance to win. And does that mean I'm not going to continue trying to win every match of 2022? No, I'm definitely going to try to win every single match. But you know what? Sometimes we fall down. And what happens? Much like Frankenstein, we are pieced together with parts of other people and then have electricity shown through our bodies and become a stronger version, usually after studio intervention and with a larger budget. And we come back to life. So Warner Brothers, you know, Pixar, we, we could use the budget. I don't mind a few extra limbs. All right, moving away from it. The Canadian fans are so wonderful. I'm usually the one being like, I'm sorry for making you wait so long. Cause I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I, I like to say it first and you can't get in front of a Canadian saying, I'm sorry. They will always beat you to the punch. I'm usually like, sorry, you had to wait so long. They're like, I'm sorry. We made your line longer. And I was like, oh my goodness, I think that means you get a discount. I had to stop doing that, though, when Zicky kept holding the exchange rate up to me. I had to stop giving discounts. Not a good exchange rate. Love you, Canada. Love that the money's plastic. Love that you can scratch and sniff the maple leaf on the big bills. Yeah, it smells like maple. Don't love the exchange rate. Uh, hoping to change what, that in the future. What kind of diseases are being spread through? Listen, with that plastic money, money, I assume it's 100% safe from germs and i've been sniffing every 50 oh, and 100 it's like a different consistency it's, you can't yeah like it's like slippery like it'll slip out of your wallet like i do i do a fold bill you can't fold bill this money it just goes whoop, and it slips away you put it you go i got a big wad of cash and you slip it in and it goes whoop. i opened my pocket yesterday before i changed the money and i go oh fuck i lost my canadian money i had two five dollar bills in there that were canadian because the rest of it when i took my pants off it went whoop. And it all just flew away. It was under the bed. I found it. Didn't matter, though. The exchange rate killed me. I love Canada. It was magic. This weekend, though, being Easter weekend, I didn't have a lot else going on. And so when we finish the show, when we finish everything, I'm going, I don't need to save my body. I don't need to save my energy. I don't even need to really save my money today. I'm going home for the holidays. And they said, do you want to go to another Comeback Kids show? And you know what I said, Peter? I said, hell yeah. Now, back to the assessing. I did my assessing the first night. I assessed everything about it. I assessed the song list. I assessed the moves, the sets, the members, the fans, the spirit. And Jody Threat, shout out Jody Threat, who's also on the show, badass Canadian girl, the best. In America a lot, but you know, pandemics, they force us into borders. She goes, do you want to go get in the pit? And I go, Hell yeah, Jody Threat. I want to go get in the pit. Let me tell you something. I'm 31, Peter. I've been in a lot of pits, okay? But I've not been in pits since I was like 25 and under, mostly 21 and under, mostly warp tours, most like I was an asset to the pit. And I want to just I believe it. I want to just say to everyone if you have like a pit guard that you know in your community, if you're going to shows, if you're a metal kid, and they're big. They might scare you at first. Most of those big dudes in the pit, they're there to catch some freaking dives. They're there to make sure shit doesn't get too rowdy. They're there to make sure the people who don't want to get shoved don't get shoved and get moved. They're there to pick you up off the ground. And I went in and I was like, yo, I'm at the Comeback Kids show in Winnipeg. I just got paid a bunch of money to fight PCO. And I'm in the freaking pit catching dives. And I was like, bring them. Bring them. Bring on the dives, dude. I'll catch any dive. I caught French-Canadian Frankenstein PCO. I can do anything. I caught everybody in the pit. I sweat. I just felt it. I floated in the pit. And I needed it, Peter, because after assessment, I become an extrovert. I learned that word earlier. 
And I extroverted myself into that pit and I stapled myself in that pit and I had the time of my life, dude. It was incredible. As soon as that show was over, guess what though? We got to go back to the airport. We got flights to catch. And of course, like the flights are of the worst time ever because Canadians, Americans will be like, oh, you need to be there early. You'll leave when we tell you. Canadians are like, oh, we're behind an hour uh, in the time and you need to be on the East Coast by 8 a.m. We better leave by four or five. You know, I think the flight took off at 5 a.m. and they were like, we're so sorry it's this early, but we've got to be on the East Coast time. Like they were apologizing to time zones. And I was like, this is this is incredible. Uh, I got I did it all. I got to the airport. I said, here's my stuff. I don't care anymore. And they were like, we don't either. Go on through. I went on through. I was passed. I landed and I was home with my beautiful partner. And I said, baby. I'm home from Canada. I have all this make-believe money. Do you want to go out on a hot date tonight? Do you want to have a big date? He said, no, I want to go to bed. And we went to bed, dude. We went to bed Saturday night. Sleepy time because Easter, y'all thought this episode was over. Easter was a big day, bro. I had a big Easter. I tried to give my partner the Easter that he would want to have that included everything. So we started by going out to brunch. Where'd you go? We went to Jay Christopher's. It was delicious. They actually have a new Make a Wish pancake that donates to Make a Wish. Uh, Thank God it does donate because I said that was my reason for ordering it. Really, it's because it's a white chocolate blackberry pancake set with syrups on it, and it's magic. But it donates to Make a Wish. I'm feeling good. Had some coffee and orange juice with it too. Oh, I I had a few wishes, wishing to eat more pancakes. (laughs) That was my wish. after that, guess what we did? We went and we saw films because that's what adults do. We went and saw films. And now there's, listen, should I even, dis- I'm going to discuss it real quick. Here's the thing. We, did we see the Harry Potter film? We did. And I know there's a lot of controversy around this. Peter just made a face at me. But I'm going to tell you all something, okay? I donate a lot to foundations that are helping with the trans experience. But at its core, here's the answer. My partner likes really bad movies, okay? Perfect. And sometimes you just, if he'll agree to see something, you go, you know what? I'm just not going to fight this further. I can report to everyone out there because there's a lot of people with Horcrux tattoos that they're mad at, you know, that they're like, what are they? It's not the Horcrux. What's the thing everybody gets? The Deathly Hallows? They're pissed they have the tattoo now. And here's the thing JK Rowling absolute vile piece of shit she will die a billionaire who is just uncomfortable with herself and sad and fighting the wrong fight uh and did my money help her i i hope not i certainly hope not but it probably did and at the end of the day i'll have to fight even harder but to get my boyfriend to go to the movies and not admit that he thinks he's going to get shot by someone at the movie theater which like that's a thing that's a conversation in our house of like you could get shot at the movies where like I'm of the worst idea of it where I think it will I go <laughs> Peter this is bad I think it makes it better to go but you could get shot anywhere at any yeah. time which that sort of joyful nihilism of like if it's over it's over I may die I agree with that if you're like if you're gonna get mugged if you're gonna get shot yeah. if you're gonna die in a car accident well I, when what that thing is do? happening, it's happening. Because, you know, like tomorrow they'll be like, well, it happened here. It happened at this place now. And it's like, well, nothing's safe. No one's safe. Random chance. Aggression is a thing. I'm sure I'll have a hot memorial. But even going to the train station tomorrow, I was like, can you get me to the train station by five? And he was like, 
isn't it dark then? Why don't I just take you straight to the airport? And I was like, I'm not going to argue with the logic of this because no. there's no logic, but I'll take a ride to the airport, baby. I have a friend who every time he goes to Six Flags, the next day someone dies at Six Flags, like the one that he went to. <laughs> Dude, they got to stop letting this guy into no, Six Flags. Why would he keep going back? Because he loves Six Flags. <laughs> or, or are we only looking at the dates after he goes to see if there's been deaths because... They could happen all the time. Six Flags is like, oh, yeah, just it only happens when that guy comes There's and so, not I mean, all the time. Disney uh, has – they have a deal worked out. Probably not anymore because Florida yeah. just fucked them. Um, they had a deal worked out with paramedics where if someone dies on the property, they take them off the property and declare them dead there. That way they can say that no one has died on Disney property because legally no one has. I saw that one fan-made movie where they made it inside Disney World. Yeah, And yeah. they kind of showed like they have that tunnel system that and stuff. That great of a movie. No, it's not a good movie, but here's what, here's what I'm getting at. I had a lot of friends working at Disney at the time, and they were like, I don't know how they got into some of the tunnels and things. Like, There's a set of tunnels there. What you're saying is very accurate. Uh, Florida, a lot of people don't know this. The city of Orlando, it's kept afloat by Disney. The city of Orlando will sink into nothingness if not kept afloat by the aqueducts of Disney and Celebration Florida. This is real. Pe- people, this is... Celebration just had a family annihilator. Yeah, they happen a lot down there because when you try to set rules on everything, uh, you might have a problem. You might have a problem. I don't know. Like, it's rough stuff. I always used to joke, because I lived in Tallahassee, Florida, which people, a lot of people don't know, is the capital of Florida. And they go, why is Tallahassee the capital of Florida? I think I knew that either. Well, here's the facts. Let me tell you why. You ready for this? This is the real story. Jacksonville smells too bad. They've got that shipping harbor. There's too much money with the sports. Orlando, owned by Mickey Mouse. Tampa, on meth. Miami, technically Cuba. Pensacola, ecstasy that's the real problem out there because of the spring break there's also a big bible college out there well once again ecstasy uh bible kids always have ecstasy i've learned not while they're in bible school but right after especially those california coastal towns you learn how to talk to people at bible school and then you learn how to talk to people about buying ecstasy once you leave it so then what they figured out is, is there's no place to put a capital in florida if i didn't name your city in florida and you're going what about this city it probably doesn't need to be discussed they just stretched the bottom of Georgia down and said, uh, hey, you can have this, and gave away South Georgia to be the capital of Florida. They won't even let Florida be in charge of Florida. Look at a map, folks. Tallahassee is technically in Florida, but 30 miles north, you're in Thomasville, Georgia. So it's, it's, uh, it's a state that's governed by another state, technically, and there's no one else responsible enough to step up. Shout out Disney World. Uh, don't move to Celebration Florida with your family. Peter, what a weird weekend. I, you know, with one date, with it being a one, a one wrestling date weekend, boy, Easter felt festive. I bet. I bet. Did you have an okay Easter, Peter? Yeah. Um, I actually got a healthy tip from um, a couple of people visiting the atheist convention while they are in town. Whoa. And I was like, wow, the atheist tip really well. Probably because they they? try not piss people off. Yeah, I like that. But also, one thing I like about not necessarily subscribing to any particular belief system is that I don't have to go to functions. For my belief system? So I get it, atheists, that you want to congregate? I, I asked them what they did, and they pretty much were like, we drink and talk about there not being God. 
So really, it's like just like I've always been someone who said that the social value of church, if you could remove the myth- mythological aspects, would be very important to most communities, and I think it is. And I think we miss that aspect of like there's a community space because you think about like back in the day, dude. If you're in like 1200 Spain, like you know the church is probably the coolest thing you're seeing, yeah. dude. Yeah, it's there wasn't a lot going on, but now there's so much, and there's the internet. Meet with your neighbors, and if they have strange beliefs, maybe never meet again. But no, you don't have to do it in the name of uh, not believing. I guess would be yeah. the. I don't know. Good on y'all. I'm glad you have friends. It's important to have friends. They they told me they one year they went to go see the eclipse, and I was like, so y'all are just activity partners. <laughs> that's all that's happening. It's our here. it's our activity group that is staunchly against you believing. I love it. I, listen, if if you're that fired up about something, be fired up about it. Just, oh, 100%. You know, just don't, you know, burn witches anymore. That's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, please, no. Good 422, that's the real Easter. Yeah, oh, yeah. I uh, hit Will's, uh, he got a, a dab pen. Um, oh, I've tried the dab pen out. I, I went to pick up. <laughs> they shipped edibles to his house instead of mine, so I had to I pick his up. <laughs> I was like, yeah, hey, let me come over there. Okay, that's <laughs> that's about as much info as they need on that, yeah? Oh, boy. It's good to see the old neighbors again. I saw Troy. Oh, did you? We got to get Troy to another wrestling yeah, show. Yeah, we do. We'll be back in we August. Do. I can't reveal it yet, but we'll be back. It'll be sick. We got a question, Peter? We, do have we a don't question. have a sponsor. Once again, if you want to sponsor this podcast, I'm not making it up. We really have a, had a, a pretty good spike in listenership in the past few weeks. If you want me to put something over, I'll put it over on Twitter, too. Please support the podcast. It is helping me and Peter out. I'm running out of uh, rations to feed him, and so if you want him to live... You know, you, you got to, somebody's got to sponsor this thing weekend at effies at gmail.com. And one thing you should know about that email is if I see it, it's by accident. Cause for some reason my computer keeps logging in. I don't check this email. This is Peter's uh, email to check. And it's actually probably the fastest way uh, to get to anything podcast related. I was going to say to get to anything me related. And I realized that was a black hole. Uh, I don't want to put you in. Um, cause I just won't answer anything right now. All my dates are booked and I kind of like don't want to talk to anyone. So update, if you're asking about dates, uh, before August, I'm probably not going to respond. September onward. And really like you need to be talking to me about December at this point. That's a different email. Do not email us about that. I'm just riffing off the top of my head. Email the other, go to my website. I know Pete. I know. I almost called your dog, Peter. Lucy, Lucy. You're cute as ever over there. I know we're tiring you out. I think she wants to share my skin. That's the impression I get. So calling her Peter is fine. It's kind of like Vince McMahon and Austin Theory. He's watching out for his next body double. Wait, what? It's a long story. They'll get it on the podcast. (laughs) I have to protect my new body. Uh, oh, is he, is he doing, is he like siphoning blood off from him or it's, something? It's either like he's going to move into that body or it's like a Calvin Klein thing. I don't know. I don't want to get into it. Weird. Yeah. Strange. I, I just listened to this podcast about how um, the Dalai Lama went to go see this oracle, this guy who would literally shift out of his body and then this other spirit would come in and he goes to see him and that spirit tells him to get the fuck out of Tibet. He got the fuck out of Tibet, and that's the only way that he got out of there. Wow. That's insane. Right? Sometimes that's how you escape. All right. This question is from Tony. Hello, Peter and Effie. My question today is for Effie. My friend who is 27 years old plans on trying to go to wrestling school, but he has scoliosis. What advice would you give him? Well, I don't know much about scoliosis. 
Um, I will tell you this. Today, this is like a non-medical story where I metaphor off to something. I'm very much like a preacher in that aspect. Today, I had a realization about myself and my partner being built very differently where sometimes if I bend down and touch my toes and then flex my neck forward towards my chest, I can pop things back into place. And I said, would you ever try that? And he said, you're a psychopath. Um, My body, I think at this point, is a callus. And I have many privileges uh, that have allowed me to get to this you know, point in wrestling to where my body has been adaptable and available and has not had many uh, large-scale injuries that would hold me back from being able to do something. If you have scoliosis, I would uh, check with your doctor first and foremost. I would see what this is going to do to you. I can't imagine uh, the statistics would uh, make you feel better about this because most wrestlers without scoliosis are kind of cooked uh, by 60. It's a reality you have to look at. You have to keep care of your body. I have to spend a lot of money for chiropractics and massaging and just making sure that the wear and tear is taken care of. So I think it can be good. <laughs> and running around the different chiropractors across town, hoping they don't talk to each other. Well, ever. you know, I like the mystery of it. And I explained that to another chiropractor where she goes, you go to all the different chiropractors. And I go, I like to see what you can do. You know, I've... I've been in all sorts of pain I in my life, not right now. I, like, I really do just imagine you putting on a trench coat and a different kind of hat. And like, well, sometimes I go in, in, they have multiple chiropractors in the same spot. And so like, I'll go in and I'll be like, which one of you is going to be faster? Like, who's going to get to me first? And they'll be like, yeah, you should check this on him. And they kind of pass notes a little bit now. But I also like going in blind and seeing like, oh, son, are you all right? And I'm like, oh, I'm great. I fought Frankenstein. <laughs> you know, like I heard the person before me and I'm getting off the topic of the question. And the answer, the true answer that I'm going to give you from my heart is if you're not ready to die in this ring, be careful because it's crazy and your body is literally in the hands of other people all the time. The amount of times where I should be dead or have a broken neck or be cooked and my own training kind of interfered or stepped in because the other person was not handling me correctly. It's a lot. So I can imagine that if your body is already telling you no, like it's probably tough. It's tough. I don't want to give a negative answer here, Peter, but if I tell you to follow your dreams and you shatter your spine, that's not the best dream to follow. There's a lot of other positions in wrestling, ring announcing, commentating, managing, good manager with the best heat. Doesn't have to take too many bumps, maybe one or two bumps. But it is good to know how to bump, to be a manager, to be all of these things. I guess in the end, what I'm saying is love wrestling, love the community, uh, but don't risk your life for this. The amount of times I hear guys who are, you know, I'll give my life for this. I'll die on the road for this. I'll, I'll do this until the wheels fall off. And then the wheels do fall off. It's expensive to have your wheels fall off. You know what I mean? Like, it's not a cheap thing to have your wheels fall off. I'm a little more conscious of my body now. I'm more careful with my body. But there have been years and years of wear and tear leading up to me being conscious and aware and understanding of my body that took a lot of time off of my body, I'm certain. The, the big point here, if you have scoliosis, check with your doctor first. That's it. I'm going to leave it at that. And be fucking careful. But if you half-ass anything, you're going to die quicker anyway. That's what I've learned. If you're in the middle of something, you're in the middle of a crazy move, and you go, I don't know if I should. If you don't, that's where you die. I wouldn't know. I haven't died yet that I know of, but I know that if you commit to the move, it usually follows through. I mean, I think that's what they say about most everything. Uh, That's why I don't do action sports is because I hesitate when I get to the top of the ramp or whatever it is. You have to not hesitate ever in wrestling, and that's scary. 
But also, it's something that you have to learn in real life. You're allowed to hesitate in real life. In wrestling, you got to just do whatever the thing is that you're going to do. There's no hesitation. You got to be trained. You got to be ready. Whatever's th- when a 300 pound man is coming off the top rope, flipping himself, all you can kind of do is be prepared, you know. But you can't hesitate. There's no pause. You can't wait. You gotta you gotta eat that man's body to your chest. All right. That's not a double team. That's a double grandpa killing you. That's what happens. But in life, you can hesitate. Take a step. Take a second. Take a breath. Not in wrestling. You never hesitate in wrestling. 